1: your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls.
0: It's time for
2: the Chad and Cheese podcast. Oh, yeah. Prince Harry could be booted out of the U.S. after admitting he took cocaine and magic mushrooms in his new book, a book, by the way, that no one on this podcast will ever read. Hey, kids, this is the Chad and Cheese Podcast Does Europe. I'm your co-host, Joel too cool for British rural Cheeseman.
1: And this is Chad, it ain't 1914, so wash. And I'm
3: leaving wishing most of you a very pleasant 2023. Funny when I was Oh,
2: that's nice. On this episode, Stepstone Eyes and IPO, Belgium Go Shopping, and Russian Trench Diggers. Let's do this.
0: European, talent, intelligence. What does it mean? Imagine a world where it's easier for you to find and know your target group. Where it's easier to recruit and attract the talent you need from a European talent pool. Every year, thousands of corporate recruiters, HR departments and intermediaries rely on Intelligence Group to make that dream a reality. Intelligence Group is the European market leader in recruitment talent intelligence with innovative dashboards and tailor-made research in 28 European countries. It is our job to empower you as a state-of-the-art, data-driven recruitment business partner. Recruiting with data is great. Recruiting with Intelligence Group is better. Learn more about our services at intelligence-group.nl. Intelligence Group, market leader in European talent intelligence. What's
2: up, boys? How was everyone's holiday? Happy 2023. 66 mm-hmm. percent of this show was in Europe for the uh, for the holidays. <laughs> yes, it must be nice. Yes, we were. I, t- I tell you what, it was
1: wonderful just to unplug for a while and to do it in Europe
2: yeah i love the pictures of you in paris in uh, christmas chad that was just really <laughs> heartwarming while it was negative 80 degrees here in the midwest it was nice to to see that
3: yeah you had a white christmas i saw
2: i mean kinda yeah. it was more like ice than it was Bloody. like fluffy snow yeah. <laughs> but i've seen uh the ice
3: little thingies about uh those those houses uh, around the big lakes or the great lakes oh, yeah. or how do you call them it was amazing yeah. Everything, indeed, covered in ice.
2: Oh, yeah. If you were in Buffalo, Cleveland, Chicago, yeah. Detroit, yeah, it was a lot. Buffalo has gotten killed this year. Poor Buffalo, man.
1: They always get the worst of it, though. I mean, you talk <clears> about <throat> lake effect when the actual front comes through and it just dips into Lake Erie mm-hmm. and dumps on Buffalo. They get dumped on every year. But this year, I mean, they, they got feet of snow, like, over days, right? Yeah.
2: They got, like, full yeah. bodies of snow that uh, just piled up. <laughs> Well, we haven't recorded in a while, but uh, apparently there's some shout outs that we should be doing on this show. Chad, what kind of shout out do you have for our first show in 2023?
1: Oh, my first. This is a big one, man. My first shout out is to Austin Wells, a 28-year-old tech worker at Meta Uh who has bought a 237 square foot or 22 square meter studio apartment on a cruise ship paying about (laughs) 280,000 euros for a 12 year lease so that he can work from home as he sails around Europe. This kid has it all fucking figured out. Shout out to Austin Wells for taking remote work to a new level.
2: Now now is this more of like a carnival cruise or a Viking cruise uh, that he's rented out?
1: They've actually built these, they're building these boats, and they're, at, they're condo boats. Oh so shit. So they're selling these like condos. So this is, it's a cruise ship, but the whole idea is that people buy these condos on the ship, which I think is the stupidest fucking thing ever. But for him, he's 28 years old, He's twenty eight years old. Uh-huh. He's got the cash. Spend it, my man. Spend it. He's allowed to make stupid decisions. That's right.
2: <laughs> they, they do have these now. I don't know if it's the same ship, but they have these retirement ships, which I think are genius. Because if you yes. if you're old, you yes. want to see the world, hang out on a boat. You don't want to own a home. Like get on a boat and live the rest of your days on a ship, visiting countries oh, yeah. and ports of ports of call. I think it's a great idea. I think Stories Amen. is the name of that company. If you if you have a parent like I do that you'd like to put on a ship for the next 10 years yeah, I was you'd just you'd like to get rid of <laughs> yes I did not say that yet
3: it would be very filmish I mean uh, the little grandchildren waving and then the sun sets and the boat is slowly uh, disappearing in the horizon yeah and um, bye bye granddad I will never see him again
2: yep, yep. Yeah, it's, it's, yep.
3: it's tragic yeah
2: By the way, one thing you can get on a cruise ship is Wi-Fi, which means you can get Pornhub, which leads me to... What are you
4: doing,
0: Stepbro?
2: My shout-out for the week. All right, guys. Pornhub every year does their uh, most popular search queries for the year, which is always pretty enlightening and educational for me. So I wanted to to point out some of the, uh, the highlights from Europe for the uh, Pornhub most popular search phrase. Number
1: educational. Number you said education. So, hey, oh like I'm
2: going to tell you what I've learned. T- <laughs> I'll tell you what I've learned, Chad, if you'll let me finish my shout out. Number one, okay, the U.K. and France follow the U.S. Yeah. as the countries where most of Pornhub's traffic comes from. Uh, okay. Levin's home country of Belgium comes in 20th place on the top Ooh. 20 list, so just squeaking in there. Uh, number two, Poland... Has the greatest number of women who frequent the site of the European countries. Interesting. Now, many Mm. of them are probably creating content for the site, which is why they're there. But that's a whole different (laughs) podcast. And number three, (laughs) the Europe's top search term pretty much for all countries is MILF. For the kids out there, that's mother I'd like to you know what. Uh, The exception, however, is Spain. And here's where the education comes in, Chad. Uh, The number one search term in Spain is hentai. Do you know what hentai is? Ooh.
1: I have no clue.
2: Levin? You do know.
3: You do. Of course I know what hentai is. I I mean, my kids are 12. They know what hentai is. Everyone knows what hentai is. I don't
2: know what hentai is. Exactly. Here's the education, kids. (laughs) Hentai is basically anime porn.
3: Nasty stuff, <laughs> nasty stuff, really, really nasty, you know, nasty, Asian
2: yeah. cartoon uh, porn stuff. So, that's really, big really sp- gross, okay. really,
3: really the most pervert stuff yes. you H- can H- find H- in yeah.
2: Spain. Uh, uh, so, this okay. is for, for leaving. The top porn star is Lana Rhodes. By the way, Lana is anal, uh, spelled backwards, <sighs> in case you didn't know. I didn't know, no. Top category in, uh, in Belgium is lesbian. <laughs> Uh, Some trending searches in Belgium include Turkish (laughs) and more education kids pegging. Who who knows what pegging is? Uh, I won't admit. Levin knows, but he's not going to say it. It's not not pirate sex. No, it, it is... It is a a female with a strap on having uh-huh. intercourse with a male. That is what pegging okay. is. I'm definitely cutting that one. Yes. Yeah, so ahead. so. <laughs> <laughs> my first shout out for the year goes to goes to goes to Pornhub.
4: What are you doing, stepbro?
2: You're welcome. You're welcome, Europe. You're welcome. Leaving. <laughs> You always get the cool shout-outs. Uh, Good luck following uh, that.
3: Uh, okay, I'm just going to do a shout-out to myself and to House of HR. I mean, someone has to. <laughs> For organizing a new edition of the e-recruitment congress. We have a date, we have a location, and would you like me to tell more? Or want to, me to keep it to oh, the next? Oh, yeah, no, bring okay. it. The, What was it? I've forgotten the date already. It was in November. The November 14th, 14th. in Amsterdam. And we get a, yes. really, a really lovely location. Ooh. It's the music building, music building, music house, music house at the E, which mm-hmm. is a lake, kind of lake in Amsterdam, a beautiful building. It's, uh, it's great. You need to check it out. Check the website. And of course, the coming episodes will be uh, promoting this until you're sick and tired of it. But uh,
2: obviously,
1: November <laughs> obviously.
3: 14th and Chad and Cheese will be there.
1: That's right. Is it close to the red Red. the the red light district? You know, Joel's going to be
3: there. We'll take the district to Joel. (laughs) If Joel can't come to the district, we'll take the district to him. It's close, really. It's a walking distance, actually.
2: Now, how is Amsterdam in November? Is it very uh, red light? You know, eighteen degrees and sunny.
3: No, it's rainy and uh, and miserable. So people stay inside and uh, stay at the Congress.
2: I'm there.
1: 18 degrees Celsius is actually pretty warm, yeah, Joel. Yeah, so,
3: yeah I know.
2: So. I know. No, I, it's, it's more I like- married a Canadian, <laughs> so I get occasional Celsius updates. It's like on a, the temperature. I guess in November,
3: know. but no. But with, with the warming of the earth, which I happen to like, I like it's a bit warmer. It will be right. I don't know.
2: No, no one needs an excuse to visit Amsterdam at any time of the year. Trust me. Even though there may not be tulips, there will be, you know, wooden shoes and, and, and
1: windmills. There will be tulips. Yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, damn!
3: You're
1: so okay.
3: It will be plastic tulips and plastic little windmills and, and what's a, what is klompen? Uh, so the, the the wooden shoes they use klomp in, in English. Does it clods, exist in English? Clods, no? right? Clogs? No, it is. something farmers used to clods. put on their feet, and they, they put straw in it to
1: keep their feet warm. And then they'd set them on fire, and that's how they really kept their feet
2: warm. <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> in, in short, everyone, you've got 10 months of hearing about Amsterdam in November. Yeah, so no reason not to be there. No reason not to be there. Chad and Cheese will be there. Yeah. Let's get to some real news, shall we? Yeah. Time- all right. Germany-based media group Axel Springer, which owns the well-known multimedia brands Build & Welt for everyone in Europe, is considering an IPO for its job portal StepStone next year, according to the company's CEO, Matthias Duffner. He said that StepStone's accelerated growth and good profitability has offset the compensated and compensated for other areas that have been less profitable due to advertising declines and the general economy. Doffner also mentioned that the company's advertising subsidiary, Awen, and marketing company, Bonial, are also doing well. I probably not say those right, but anyway. He added that while it's too early to provide precise numbers for the group in 2022, November and December had been surprisingly successful, and the company will fare better than anticipated this comes as the market for IPOs had pretty much dried up in 2022. Chad, your thoughts on a Stepstone IPO?
1: Doesn't Axel Springer own Politico as well? I thought they they bought them like a year and a half or so. No, anyway. rings a bell. I think so. So, you know, I saw this initial announcement. It was uh, the first part of Q4 last year, and I thought it was just smoke. I thought it was a diversion while something else was playing out. But uh these guys are serious. They they're serious about doing an IPO in 2023. And it it blows my mind because I really believe right now what Stepstone should be doing is keeping their powder dry and lying in wait for great acquisition opportunities and not going IPO. This is this is not a great market for IPOs. Yeah, this is weird. I don't know why Levin, why why would Stepstone be pushed? into an IPO situation in a market like this, which really isn't looking for IPOs.
3: To be honest, the only reason I can imagine is one of their investors desperately wants to get an exit. He wants to get out and nobody is willing to buy it. So the only exit they see possible is an IPO. And I think that's probably the
1: reason why. So desperate for cash, yeah, it is. Because <laughs> well, they would have to be desperate for cash to go in a down market, to yeah. wouldn't they? I mean, again, this just doesn't. It, the valuation's at seven billion. Looks like they're going to try to come out at one. Is that is that what it is?
3: A valuation of seven billion is also ridiculous. I mean, they have a revenue of eight hundred yeah. million, so that's highly overvalued.
2: I mean, KKR became the biggest shareholder of the. Of the company uh, yeah at 3.2 billion for a forty three and a half percent stake Whew. look Axel Axel Springer is in the media business and I don't know if you guys have been watching the news lately but the media business means advertising and the advertising business is a pretty shitty business uh, and by the way, you've got uh, streaming platforms that are gonna be taking a chunk out of media media budgets uh, all around the world coming up. However, the labor market, uh, is still pretty strong. Now, if you believe the labor market is a lagging indicator of the economy, uh, it might not be a good bet to go IPO. However, if you can spin a narrative like, hey, labor is strong, our, our job board business is strong, then it makes sense to spin out a job board IPO because the rest of your media business um, is in the shitter. However, I would point them to uh, ZipRecruiter's IPO, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is the most recent one. It's been a real you know dog uh to say the least a dog with fleas if you're gordon gecko uh in terms of the the public market so i this reeks of desperation it reeks of uh kkr pulling some strings and um i think it, it looks like a train wreck in the making
3: no i totally agree and let's just consider why would anyone think this is a future-proof investment so they go they do an ipo why is someone going to invest in it i mean if you look at it there. CV database is worthless compared to the self-sustainable database LinkedIn has. It's mostly outdated and they charge 900 euros to gain access for one month. I mean, on LinkedIn, even for free, you got a much better CV database than that. So I don't think that this is this is future proof. And the second part of their business model is job postings. They still are a paper per post business model. We've been living in a pay-per-click world for 15 years, but there they still have a paper post. In Belgium, I checked today, you pay 999 euros to pay one job, to get one job online for 30 days. In Germany, it's even 1349 euros to get one job online for 30 days. That's ridiculous. And if you want to add a video, it goes up a few hundred euros more. So that's a lot. And then I think... Young people, they don't know them anymore. We've done uh, some research with the University of Antwerp a few years ago, and we asked thousands of young graduates, which channels do we know? What channels do we think you will be using when looking for a job? One out of two students had never heard about StepStone. So the only reason why they could get to StepStone is by using Google Organic. Uh, We all know who's dominating Google. It's not StepStone, it's Indeed. So basically, they have LinkedIn as a competitor, they have Indeed as a competitor, they have plenty other more creative platforms as competitors. So I really think they're desperate to find an exit before they totally crash. And this is the only way out. And I hope some, I think some institutional investors will believe in the story, because they're old people, no uh, <laughs> offense, meant it, but when they graduated, StepStone was the biggest brand. And true, today, HR directors still believe StepStone is a huge brand. But if young people don't know them anymore, it will go down fast. And those young people are getting into management positions now. And they realize StepStone is not a big brand anymore because they don't know it. So the business which still exists now is going to to crash. But that's my 50 cents. Don't take it. It's not a a science, but um, I, I wouldn't put a penny in it.
1: So would Appcast and also Total Jobs be wrapped into this big big present because I mean if it if it's all one in an IPO under one umbrella that's a different story breaking stepstone out by itself yes they're an island really because I mean yes it is the the, the biggest the biggest economy in Europe being mm-hmm. Germany but really I mean they got they 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 ejected out of France um, I mean, they just can't get the type of traction that, that they want to in other countries. But it's different if Total Jobs is a part of this and then also AppCast is, too. So do we know if those are like a package deal or are they going to be broken out?
2: Yeah, this this is a really early story. Uh, that No 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 forms have been filed uh, with uh, whatever uh, public market they're going on to. So until we know more... Now, I'm with you, Chad. I'm, I'm throwing the kitchen sink of profitable job companies in that IPO. Um, no but whether yet. they are or not, we just don't know at this point. However, if you continue to tune into our show, you will know mm-hmm. what they're going to be doing.
1: You will. And, and again, you're talking about the, the pay per per, per post duration-based. Yep. I mean, again, they've got AppCast. That's right there. Uh, I, for them not to be leveraging and starting to do what AppCast did in the U.S., really just being the infrastructure for all recruitment marketing agencies and staffing agencies, how they have not done that yet still just blows my mind. So the the, the inability to execute is incredibly high, unfortunately.
2: By the way, guys, we have some hidden audio from the strategy meeting uh, from Axel Springer. Take a listen.
0: 60% of the time, it works every time.
2: <laughs> we'll be right back. Everyone deserves their best job. That's what Fiji stands for. We make a big difference for independent recruiters with the strength of our fast-growing recruiter network. At Fiji, you can be your best self and work for the company you'd like whenever and wherever. We support you with the best digital and online recruitment marketing. We offer professional business development support, recruitment specialist
4: training, and a bit of rebellious network meetings. Let's join strengths and help more professionals find the job they love. Celebrate recruitment and join Fiji at fygi.nl.
2: Straco. Let's talk about acquisitions Ivan, in the news, everybody. Ivan Straco. If he dies, he dies. All right. <laughs> Probably not how they pronounce. It. Anyway, Belgium-based private equity group Straco announced uh, on in December of 2022 that it has acquired. Welton Group, a finance recruitment company from Dutch PE firm 1-2 Capital. Financial details of the deal were not disclosed. Straco is an independent entrepreneurial investment firm that focuses on long-term sustainable and profitable growth investments in Europe. Welton Group, which was founded in 1992, is a provider of multi-label specialist employment and professional training services to financial institutions addressing structural labor shortages and Regulatory requirements and digitization efforts in the financial services industry. With this acquisition, the Dutch based Welton Group is moving forward in its expansion strategy, which has also specifically considered neighboring and European markets. Hello, United States, maybe? Probably not. Levin, you have some insight into this deal. What you got?
3: First, if you look back a few years, go back to the 70s you had two people there was uh, Frederica Verheden a Flemish woman and her husband and they launched a little clinical lab somewhere in Dandermonde small Belgium city whatever and they um, have been working very hard I guess and they made it into the biggest lab chain in Belgium and they sold it to a French company and they made a gross profit of about 600 million euros on it uh, in 2020 so pretty wealthy people, but instead of uh, living the good life and retiring, what Chad would do and probably what Joel would do, and definitely what I would do, they uh, started investing and they've been investing pretty smart and uh, they were growing. And what I found interesting, they also, even though they didn't have anything with HR, as far as I know, they started investing in HR companies because they're smart people and they probably realized it's um, a big money machine when times are good. Even when they're not, so they bought one company. Did well. Bought a second. Bought a third. So and now they they bought Welton Group, which is a Dutch-based company, a secondment if I pronounce it right of uh, financial profiles. I think secondment is a very difficult word, but uh, secondment okay. Um, and they didn't mention any financial details. Not disclosed. But we could make an educated guess. Let's say Welton Group, they have a revenue of about 100 million. That's a fact. They're going to 120 million this year. So 100 million last year, they have an EBITDA of, I think, in this business, about 20% normally. Something like that. So just to make my calculations easy, 20%, which means 20 million of EBITDA. If they pay a multiple of seven, which I think could be reasonable for a Buying like that, it would mean they've been paying 140 million, which for that company probably is a solid deal. House of HR wasn't involved, I checked. We uh, could have been, but we have Redmore Group in the Netherlands, which is a competitor, so this wouldn't make much sense to add them to our portfolio. But we do know the company, and it's it's a pretty good company, I guess. So my most important thing is people... Who are smart are investing in our business, even though they're not from our business. And that's something I like. It's a it's a good uh, good sign.
1: I love that. The industry, though, how how deeper is uh, House of HR in the banking and financial side of the house?
3: Well, we have a few companies. Redmar Group is a Dutch company. They mm-hmm. have Triple um, A. They have House of Beta. They have a few other companies, all active in, um you know actuarians is it a world and is it a concept yeah. in the us yep. as well Actuaries. Yeah. Yep. so um, Actuaries. these kinds of profiles um and it's good business i mean every bank needs them every insurance company needs them it's uh, a totally pain in the ass to find the right people so we're probably better in finding them than those
1: companies themselves so they need us something like that well, it's good business so so what is the future of banking jobs, though? Because most of the jobs in banking professions are fairly routine. Uh, the there are algorithms and/or formulas that uh, that I mean, we we've seen that from uh, just TurboTax and, and, and things of that nature. So, do do you see a real future in doubling down on staffing in just the banking industry? Because it, it looks like that's where their focus is.
3: Yeah, they're difficult different levels you have the top accountants um working Mm -hmm. for the big four um they're desperately needed because someone has to do the auditing so that's top domain but you also have the people who will do some data entry about the numbers the um the you have you have the controllers you have it's a it's a big array of of jobs Some stuff will be automated in the near future for sure. But still, many people will be needed to check if the automation went correctly and there will some automation be done on automating, but whatever. Um, I think for the coming, I'm not going to say a number, but uh, plenty of years, this will be still a structural shortage of these profiles, definitely.
2: Curiously, even and maybe piggybacks on piggyback on Chad's question um I do the sh- I do the shred which is sort of a weekly roundup of news and it's noticeable how many more staffing companies uh, certainly here in the states are being acquired there's a lot of consolidation was this a case of it sounds like Welton group is a really savvy uh, owner they know when the top is was this a get out while the getting's good or we're at the top of the market or do you see an overwhelming, trend in Europe of these staffing companies being consolidated and, and acquired?
3: Well, One2Capital, the former investor, only bought Welting Group in 2021. So this is a really quick exit. And they said and I, I think I believe them they were not looking for an exit yet but they were approached by the um, nice people from uh, Straco. So um, and probably they made an offer which was better than they expected. So they accepted. Um. Is this going to, are there many consolidations? Yes, definitely. And definitely in Germany, it's still very fragmented. There's a huge markets and consolidations are happening right now constantly. And they will go on for years, I guess.
2: So if you own a staffing firm, kids, the getting's good. Make some phone calls and grab that cash. And speaking of grabbing cash, guys, Russia's in a cash grab if you're willing to Dig some trenches. All right. We got some news out of Russia. Russians don't take a dump, son, without a plan. Russian job sites are advertising jobs for manual labor, such as digging trenches and building fortifications in occupied Ukrainian regions and nearby Russian regions, according to independent media reports. The ads are being posted on popular Russian classified services and social networks and are looking for unskilled shift workers in the Luhansk region of eastern Ukraine, the Zaporizhzhia region of southern Ukraine, and the Belgorod region of western Russia. The wages offered for these jobs are up to $4,000, I don't know what that is in rubles, uh, for one to three months of shift work. The recruiter, Stroycom, is a professional employer organization and have listed Crimean Bridge, which links the annexed peninsula to mainland Russia among their main projects. However, employer review websites criticize Stroycom for delaying or refusing to pay wages and providing poor living conditions. And when you dig trenches, you really want some good living conditions. Sounds like a dream opportunity to me. Who's ready to apply?
1: Adventure, baby, adventure. (laughs) <laughs> the, the the russian invasion of ukraine continues to just blow my mind as you heard from the soundbite I, I we i think we all held russia way too high from a strategic uh military standpoint mm-hmm. uh russia didn't have a fallback plan after not taking ukraine in 48 hours their troops aren't prepared and now they're digging trenches and building fortifications like it's 1914 mm-hmm. but If that's the so-called strategy that you wanna use, then where's the heavy equipment to expedite the 1914 strategy? (laughs) The the, the US military has engineers that will roll up with heavy equipment and dig whatever you need. Uh I mean, you need a defilade position for a tank? Fucking call the engineers, right? But then I stepped back and I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. My first thought, that was my first thought. Then I thought, those sneaky, rusky bastards. Russia has had problems recruiting for the invasion, right? So I bet once the people answer the job ad and they go there to dig fortifications, Uh, the next thing you know, they will be sworn in, given a rifle, and then they are part of the Russian military. So I think this is all just a fucking smokescreen.
3: I had exactly the same idea, definitely. It's just, once again, lying Russian bastards trying to attract people. (laughs) And like you say... In the best case, they get a gun. Maybe they won't even. They just uh, be yeah. a diversion. Mm-hmm. Diversion. Diversion. Yes, there will be a diversion.
2: Diversion. A diversion
3: yeah. Nice. But, um, no, but I, I thought the, the moment I read this, I thought whenever I hear my colleagues are complaining about how hard it is to find highly financial profiles or highly qualified financial profiles for our own teams. I will remind her, other recruiters have to find people willing to dig trenches in the frozen solid Ukrainian ground. I mean, that must be hard.
2: So I know, I know we're not doing a prediction show for Europe, but in, what are your predictions for the Ukraine situation?
3: There are a few possibilities. If things stay as they are, NATO is not going to to step in so probably the united states the uk and some other european countries will keep providing ukraine with weapons and this might go on for some time russia is not going to back down they're talking about mobilizing mobilizing another f- five hundred thousand people mm-hmm. poor busters will die as well probably but um so then it will take some time it stays
2: as is for about a, yeah, another year yeah, at least. And, okay. and
3: it will be hard to get them out of um of uh, the whole of Ukraine, Crimea, for example, it will be it will be very hard. They are digging in, as as we we're just talking about. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, let's say they're stupid enough to activate Belarus, and they've been sending like twenty, thirty thousand soldiers, Russian soldiers, now to Belarus to try to. They claim to try to invade from uh, from the north. Mm-hmm. I think. They're just trying to make sure the Belarusian people aren't going to revolt by putting a big Russian force there. I don't think they're going to invade. But anyway, if they would, then things might change. If this is really going into a multi-country war, then NATO might have an excuse to step in because it's it's going too fast. It's becoming too big. We need to do mm-hmm. something. That might be the excuse. Mm-hmm. And then if NATO gets in, Russia is fucked. I mean they probably do have some nuclear weapons. I hope they are not going to use them but um, at this point we even doubt about the usability of their weapons.
2: Chad's chomping at the bit as our military expert to chime in yeah. on Ukraine in twenty twenty three.
1: What do you think? Russia does one thing well and that's throw people at bullets. That's all they do well. We've always held Russia up. Their equipment's always been shit. They just can put it out faster than anybody else because they have more people to be able to build that shit. We're we're just demonstrating, I think, right now, what has always been the case. They've had they've had bullet catchers, and that's what they have today, which which is horrible for, for, for them, and I don't know how the pitchforks don't come out as they start to mobilize more people, mm-hmm. as they start to p- play these smoke and mirrors, go dig trenches, fortification bullshit. I, I think Russia is really being exposed for what they really are. They're not they're not strategic geniuses. They're not military you know supremists. They they're they're shit. On all yeah. different levels, period. They've got one thing, and they're holding that. They're holding that over Europe, and that's energy. And shame on you guys in Europe for allowing that shit to happen. You're totally right,
3: and uh, I'd rather be cold than be warming myself with uh, with Russian oil. <laughs> Russian oil,
2: but uh, well, thank God for a warm winter in Europe this indeed.
3: year. Yeah, definitely. The but, correct uh,
2: prediction, guys, is Putin gets whacked. As we progress more and more <laughs> towards nuclear nuclear conflict, and look, Patriot, every, everything's a one up of each other, right? So, like invasion weapons, uh, Nord, uh, you know, Nord Stream two. Okay, we're sending Patriot missiles. Okay, this is this is going towards a nuclear conflict, in my opinion. And I think someone in Russia, within Russia, is going to see the nuclear option become more and more likely, and Putin is going to go take a dirt nap and swim with the fishes.
1: I hope you're right. No 25th Amendment there? I mean, no 25th Amendment?
0: <laughs> 60% of the time, it works every time.
2: Boys, it's good to be back. Let's, let's have a good 2023 with no nuclear war, and we'll, 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 we'll tie a bow on it in Amsterdam in 10 months. We out. We out. We out.
4: Thank you for listening to, what's it called? A podcast. The Chad.